Hello and welcome to the Scottish Clans. I'm Clint and today we are going to pick up where we left off in the last episode. Last episode we talked about war cries. We got into a little bit about where they come from, the certain types of war cries that exist amongst the clans of Scotland and what they were used for. So that was kind of laying the foundation for several more um, stories that we'd like to talk about that I want to share with you about where certain clans got their war cries, because in, in many cases there's a cool story behind the war cry. And so for our the, for the first one of this type of episode that I'm going to be doing, we're going to be discussing the war cry of the McFarland clan and their war cry, which was Loch Sloy, and where they got it from. The source that I'm going to be using for this is a book called History of the Clan McFarland, and then it has, in, after that, has several different variations of the name McFarland. It was written by Cynthia Maria Little. And this account starts off with, I'm, I'm going to start, I'm just going to read this to you. And then when I'm done with this, I'll go back and talk about a few of the things that are maybe worth, some aspects of this story that are worth diving into a little bit farther. We're not going to get way too too far down into it, but we're going to maybe just, uh, this is a, an aspect of the story that's worth commenting on. So I'll begin reading, and this is on, for those of you who are interested in tracing this down, and if you can follow the source that I just gave you, I'm on page 58. And it says, having heard that the late Archibald MacArthur, who died at Danoon a few years ago, in the 105th year of his age, had at one time been a shepherd at Loch Sloy, <clears throat> excuse me, I made inquiry of him to the same effect. He described the appearance of graves near the loch, saying a battle was fought there, giving the following tradition. In the days gone by when the lifting of a krich was more a gentlemanly occupation than a desire for being enriched at a neighbor's expense, there visited the lands of Erecher, a strong party from the braes of Athol. Okay, I'm going to pause right there. Erecher is at the very, very... Um, northeastern tip of Loch Long, and for a time the the chiefs of the McFarland clan had their residence there. And Athol is a region of the kind of the central highlands. Well, here I continue. These desperados arrived unobserved, and when they had mustered a sufficiently large drove of livestock, they made tracks for the north. They drove the cattle uphill at Stronafine, and over the mountain toward Loch Sloy, where, by the side of the loch, the cattle could be herded till a bullock could be killed and cooked for a meal for the company. There the party rested, when suddenly the Erker men appeared, and soon a bloody conflict ensued, the McFarlands being about sixty in number, while the Northmen numbered from one hundred and fifty to two hundred men. An aged chief of the clan MacFarlane followed his party, riding on a white pony, and took up his position on an eminence to the east of the scene of conflict. Seeing the smallness of his friend's party compared to the number of the enemy, and fearing that they must suffer defeat, he had recourse to the following stratagem. 
on the back of his pony commanding a view eastward, he took off his bonnet and waved it incessantly, as if to hurry forward a party who were on their way to assist their friends, and calling to those in conflict in a voice which made the rocks respond and echo. All right, now this is what he said, and it's in Gaelic, and I'm going to try my best here. He screams to the men down below in, in, in encouragement. Kumiv riwa mogilan gala ha glav, ha glav. Which translates as, keep at them, my brave lads, for succor is nigh. Yes, succor is nigh. This cry was repeated again and again, but not a man was aglav, or at hand. The voice and gestures of the venerable chief had the desired effect. He struck terror into the Northmen who believed a powerful party was at hand from whom there would be no escape. They fled in disorder, and on their way through a pass by the side of the loch, the Macfarlands followed and cut down a large number of their enemies. The signal victory thus achieved by the side of this loch gave the clan Macfarland their war cry of Loch Sloy. And that concludes the story of how the Macfarlands got their war cry of Loch Sloy. Now let's talk about a, a few things, a few points of interest in this. One is that it's interesting that the McFarlands, who had such a reputation for engaging in the practice of lifting of the cattle themselves, were on this occasion the victims of said activity. And who were the aggressors in this? Well, it just talks about people from Athol, which they mention as being to the north of the, the talk that calls them North men. Um, well, and I'll include pictures here with the, with the video form of this, this episode, but who, so it doesn't designate any particular clan or group of people that would have been the aggressors here. So who, what are our possible options if this group was indeed from the region of the highlands known as Athol? Well, the principal clans who occupied this part of Scotland were Clan Donaghy, and, and the, the, the leading kindred of that clan were known as Robertson, the Murrays, the Stuarts of Athol, and the Menzies. And I think, if I remember correctly, the Z in Menzies is, actually has the same function as the Z in Mackenzie, where it shouldn't have actually been there. It was a, a letter that they used to use, they don't use anymore, and it was m not understood, and it kind of, it's, it's meant to have a, like a Y sound, like a Y. And people later on thought it kind of looked like a Z and translated it and brought it and made it a Z, and now it's, instead of McKinney or McKinney, we have Mackenzie, and instead of many or something close to that, we have Menzies. And, Anyway, so those are the main clans, so it could have been any of those. I, I have not read a lot about the Menzies being really engaged in this practice. Um, it very well could have been Clan Donaghy. Um, it could have been a number of other ones, or it, or that could have been from somewhere else, else that is to the north of the part of Scotland. The, the, the Macfarlands occupied the northwestern country the the country to the northwest of Loch Lomond, I should say. Um, if you 
the Athol really is to the northeast of the McFarland Territory. All right, um, another, another few points worth mentioning here. In this case, it doesn't, in this particular retelling of the, this story, it doesn't get very specific. We don't know what year this was. The particular chief that this is supposed to have been isn't mentioned. And so is this a real actual historical event or is it just a, a legend? Uh, I'm, I'm open to it being either one. That or or something maybe in between the numbers were the McFarlands really outnumbered nearly you know somewhere in the ballpark of two or three to one um, you know numbers can always be a little bit unreliable when when these kind of stories are told but definitely I could see this story having come from a clever tactic used to defeat a larger force of people who were taking cattle from McFarland territory. Um, but yeah, but we don't know a lot about what time period, which chief this was that was waving his bonnet and pretending to urge on a larger force. Um, another thing that I want to mention about this is in looking for this story, see, I have a, the book that actually got me interested in Scottish clans to begin with, to begin with was, a book about my own ancestors, William McFarland and Margaret McCormick, and they were my ancestors who immigrated from Scotland to Utah in the mid-1800s, or the mid-1850s to be more specific. And in that book, I knew that they had, had a recounting of that, but my copy of the book's in storage right now, and I, and I couldn't find one that I know my mother has around here somewhere. And... Um, yeah, we are in between moving right now, and so we're for for right now we're with my parents, and we're right now looking at a, another home. But and so I couldn't find hers, and I knew that I, I didn't have access to mine, and so I was looking all over. I spent so long on the internet trying to find a copy of this, and in doing so, I actually stumbled across another version of the story, where instead of pretending to hurry on a larger force that wasn't really there, that didn't even exist, what the chief did in this other version was. He had a handful of men, about 20 with him, but it still wouldn't have been enough to even out the, the playing field as far as numbers were concerned. So what he had him do is he had him march by a certain spot that was visible to the enemy, but as they marched past that spot and went out of view again, they would run back around and keep cycling around. So it looked like there was a lot more men that he had coming with him than was really there. So I don't know which one it was. It's a really cool story. And the McFarlands really did use Loch Sloy as a war cry. And definitely that would have been a story worth inspiring courage in these men as they would charge into a dangerous situ situation as they, the yelling Loch Sloy would help them remember a time when an earlier generation had fought off a much larger force by a combination of ferocity, courage, and, um, and wit or cleverness. Anyway, that's the main points that I want to make about this story. That's all there is. It's kind of a short episode. Uh, there's more of these to follow. And here's an invitation to you who are listening or watching this. I would invite you that if you know, it's it, I've, I've only begun starting to look for stories behind the war cries of different clans. So if you have one, please go to the Facebook group of uh, the Scottish clans and 
post post a link or give me some kind of access to that, and, and I'd be happy to use that in as much as I don't get inundated with them, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, if you have access to a cool story, and, and, and on this case, I, we like to usually keep things really academic, like pretty solid on this, but this is more of a storytelling thing, and like I told you, did this even really happen? I, I'm not sure, and there's the, the retelling of this wasn't in a scholarly paper or anything like that. So don't don't be so concerned about that. Um, maybe it happened, maybe it didn't, maybe it happened kind of like that, but it was a little different. But if if you know where I can find these good stories of the behind the war cries of clans, please share those on that. Or or uh, you can here's a, here's a few different ways. This is for this particular invitation or any other reason you'd want to engage. The uh, you can go to the Facebook the Scottish Clans Facebook group. You can go to Podbean and leave comments on there for the Scottish Clans. Uh, I think it's podbean.com slash Scottish Clans or Scottish Clans slash podbean.com. You can find it really easy if you just go there and do a search for Scottish Clans. Um, another one is you can leave a, a review on Apple Podcasts and you know give the, do the stars thing, but then also include a, a verbal review. And if you want to leave, a, leave something in there for me, you can do that. And then also... Um, I've developed a, I don't have a, a website really developed yet. I've kind of got one started, but I haven't really got into that. In the meantime, if you want to email me, you can email me at thescottishclans at gmail.com. Once again, once if I get that web page up and going, I'll actually have an email attached to the web page. But for now, I'm just using a, a Gmail account. So all things, all things in you know line upon line, precept upon precept. We are growing. We're this. We're moving forward. Thank you for your participation so far, as as in as much as you have been involved. Thank you for just listening today. I hope you enjoyed this story and look forward to more good stories to come. And until next time, Marshan Lave and Drasta. <laughs>